0: Welcome to Multiverse Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse, now in podcast form. I'm Luke, and joining me this week is the person who sent in the question that we've been asking every guest we've had on it, and also friend of the show. And were you actually roommates with Devin, or you just got to know him when he was in the United Kingdom?
1: No, we just kind of interacted
0: is that one of those British phrases that means something different over there than it does here, like Fanny?
1: Yes, we did it. Devin is my boyfriend.
0: I'm very happy for you. You are both very lucky to have one another in your lives.
1: I would know. He never calls Luke. He doesn't write. Well... Sometimes it's almost like I've made this entire relationship up for a poorly conceived gag at the start of a podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was going to try and put... Po- put in a joke there, and it was like, nope, that's not funny. This isn't funny. This is an awful bit. But, you know, it it is appropriate, as we are discussing, X-Men Noir, Mark of Cain, and Weapon X Noir.
1: Yeah, because they are not
0: funny. That's a transition. Well, they're also not good.
1: No. No, they're not.
0: No. So, if you haven't listened to our first X-Men Noir episode the basic summary is in this universe charles xavier trained sociopaths and then he got put into jail magneto's like hey i want to have your sociopaths and xavier was like nope and then magneto got killed and there's a guy named thomas holloway who had a twin brother and his twin brother died fighting gene gray who everyone thought was rogue it's It's weird.
1: And the great thing is that podcast is based well, yeah, that summary even is just as confusing as the actual issues were.
0: Yeah. It's it is uh, bad times all around for all of us. This is a unescapable death trap that we cannot avoid. It is like something from Jack Kirby's New gods, a trap created by Dark Side and his cronies to get the maximum amount of suffering out of all but of us. But at least
1: those traps looked nice.
0: And at least it's not transphobic. Oh wait, no, I, I got confused on the conversation there. It has been a long month. It has been a very yeah, long silly
1: month. Silly Luke, Punisher is the transphobic one. X Men is the one that just hates women. <laughs>
0: And does not have good representation of mental health issues.
1: Oh, no. Not at all.
0: Yeah. So, X-Men Noir Mark of Cain was another four-issue miniseries set on Earth. 90214, which is a number that I have etched in my mind. It was written by Fred Van Lente, with art by Dennis Calero, and letters by V.C.'s Clayton Cowles. And we start off with, like, some newsreel stuff where... Newsflash! Genosha Bay is essentially Guantanamo Bay with torture, but it's for the international super-sociopaths who nobody ever wants to deal with. Meanwhile, in New York City, Charles Xavier was released from prison because everybody who could testify against him was murdered. He has sworn revenge on Thomas Holloway, a.k.a. The Angel, for killing Magnus, and has Magnus' daughter Wanda with him for now. Let's find out what happens this week on the old-timey X-Men Adventure Noir Hour. Was that a good bit? I I I don't think it was. It was better than
1: the comic.
0: Then we're good enough to sell a couple copies and remain in print.
1: Hooray! Hooray.
0: So Tommy Holloway, a.k.a. The Angel, and Captain Logan are in the woods in... Well, not really the woods. They're in the forests of Madrepore, where they have found the temple of Sitarak using a map that they obtained from Cain Marco who had helped to raise Tommy when he was raised in prison by all the thieves and criminals in prison. Along with his brother who was also raised with all the thieves and criminals in prison. They get surrounded by indigenous people who are very angry at them because they're intruding where they're not supposed to be. Luckily for them, unluckily for like respectful representation of people from different cultures, Cyclops is in the trees and he ends up just sniping them. And we find out that Judd, AKA this universe's version of Puck has stolen the crimson gym of Cytorak in a awful and incomprehensible two pages because we never actually see him do it. He's just a half man who emerges from a yak bag, and that yak also changes from a okay, ox to a yak. This is
1: going to be a recurring segment on this episode, where I have to go, Luke. What happened in these pages? So, so Puck was inside the basket, like on the yak.
0: And then I think they went to the temple and that's where he stole it or he had stolen it before. It is not good art. It is not good comics. It is a pain similar to a level of hell like i saying. I don't singing. know, but what
1: I did find interesting was the way that the art chooses to portray the genetic differences of the X-Men as everyone has a horrible wasting disease.
0: Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's only temporary. Like, one panel, I think a lot of it's just bad, bad lighting and not understanding lighting and also not understanding basic anatomy. Okay, but
1: but I mean, there's, uh, like, at least one panel. Captain Logan, who isn't Wolverine, because that's a different Wolverine.
0: No, there's two Wolverines in this universe, which is why none of them are exceptionally great at fighting or doing Wolverine But there is one
1: panel where he absolutely looks like he's just opened the Ark of the Covenant.
0: (laughs) Uh, As always, I will have a image gallery where you can see the art for the issues. So the quartet go to Madripoor, uh, like to one of the cities there where they run into Kane. Tommy hands off the bag with the Crimson gem to him. And Kane is nice enough to warn him to stay away before running off. And they realize that the bag that presumably it had money actually contains ripped up newspapers, which... I don't know why you had to rip up the newspaper, but I appreciate the effort that went into it, especially because there's no like paper shredders. That is that
1: is methodical, because like they're all even strips as well. So someone sort of just sat there with scissors and cut that newspaper up.
0: Finally, a use for heroin addicts.
1: I mean, that's who strife in this universe is. That's just a guy with a bunch of scissors.
0: I was going to say, or Lady Deathstrike. Well, but no, they didn't really use her you know the the long nails thing this is just going to be an awful awful episode isn't it we could always just talk about something else and i mean uh we'll we'll get to that eventually i mean the next one is also gets really dark have you read spider-man noir eyes without a face
1: that is not a fun time
0: yeah yeah that's got racism nazis and trepanation all the same issue
1: And that's the Marvel promise, Mm -hmm. kids.
0: (laughs) You can't make these on their website. So Cyclops starts firing as the guards go after Tommy because they want the Crimson Gem back. And Tommy escapes by jumping off the top of a building and flying, which they never really clarify how he does that. I I guess his cape is magic or something.
1: I guess. But it's weird. It's like, no one comments on it either
0: yeah he he just keeps surviving and we assume maybe there's like 18 more brothers of the Holloway family who were all also I raised mean, by the same I criminals
1: I legitimately thought that was going to be the plot twist in the final issue there's like we're actually the Holloway quintuplets, and then it just cuts to like seven of them all lying broken on the ground
0: it <laughs> can't make an omelet without breaking some holloways. So two weeks pass with the team being stuck without money and uh, hunted for by the police. They end up getting a American newspaper where they find out that Kane Marco has turned up dead, crushed on Genosha Bay. Judd worries that it was the Juggernaut who did it, and he thinks that he might be next since he actually stole the Crimson Gem. And Tommy wants to find out what happened to Kane. Because even though Kane betrayed them, Kane also still helped to raise Tommy. And they decide to break into Genosha Bay to see what happens. So the police, led by an alternate version of Sunfire, burst in looking for the angel. And he ends up getting sent to Genosha Bay prison, which is controlled by Warden Emma Frost. And is also currently home to Charles Xavier and his X-Men. Holloway gets branded with an M over his eye because he is a maximum risk.
1: Which, that was super fast.
0: Yep. And he is placed into solitary. And he tells Warden Frost that he plans to escape. That night he gets into her room, asks her what happened to Kane, And she claims not to know who he is talking about. She mentions a connected military facility and he ties her up, which she's into because, sure. And before... Because Hellfire Club. Yeah. And, well, no, the Hellfire Club was destroyed in the first one.
1: Oh, yeah. I I completely forgot about that bit.
0: And he escapes only to be attacked by the new students. Back on the boat, Judd and Logan are just waiting around drinking Tommy wakes up, and he is confronted by Xavier, Wanda, and the X-Men, as Xavier calls them. There is Herr Wagner, the former circus star slash burglar, a.k.a. this universe's shitty version of Nightcrawler, who we'll see again. Rasputin, the Forger, a.k.a. this universe's version of Colossus, and Aurora, the Thief, a.k.a. this universe's version of Storm.
1: Who doesn't have a single line of dialogue in this comic.
0: Yep. yeah i i like i legitimately like a lot of fred van lente stuff but this these two series just leave me empty
1: they're they're bad in a way that makes me kind of angry because i don't understand (sighs) why they're so bad
0: Also, going up today, I've got an episode with Shannon Strucci where we talk about noir as a genre and like how almost none of these stories except for Wolverine and Luke Cage are actual noir stories. And it's just like, yeah, the whole noir idea could have been done really well, but it doesn't look like they want to do it at all. Like, I want to know what the impetus was for this because there's different editors all across the lines. There's not like a continuous field. There's no continuous universe. What can and can't be done varies from book to book.
1: Oh yeah. Like that, that is the thing I found like super annoying about these series is Mm -hmm. like got stuff like this and Luke Cage It's like superpowers don't exist. Luke Cage, everyone only thinks he's unbreakable because he survived a gunshot. And then Spider-Man's like, a bit by a magic spider. Now I can swing about and shoot webs and junk. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's the same universe.
0: Yeah, I I picked a wrong thing to tie my horse onto. Said Luke as he gets to the end of his third year of doing this podcast. It's not too
1: late, Luke. Burn it all to the ground
0: you got to at least finish Exiles. And then Saladin Ahmed had to go and start a new series that I'm excited for. But I mean, yeah. So Xavier wants Tommy to work with him. And so he's going to use Project Wide Awake Comics references to convince... Him, and it's pretty much a torture technique where he just constantly has lights shown at him at all hours. He's kept up for seventy two hours straight. Starts to go a little mad, and Xavier checks in, and Tommy is still able to resist because also his dead brother Robert is there.
1: Yep. Also, what is Project Wide Wake in the comics? It's like it's like a Sentinels thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: that was the Sentinel thing.
1: Yeah. See. So- See, this is another like, especially with this series, a huge problem. I feel, is it like they just, they just name things like after X Men characters.
0: I thought the Project Wide Awake thing worked well as a twist on the idea, and it's a good use for a torture technique. But see, see,
1: I like know. it, but it's, it's kind of like the tangent universe, you know, where it's just like we'll take a random superhero name and make it something completely different
0: oh you mean like stan lee reimagines the dc universe
1: yeah like like batman is just a bat
0: yeah i've got that just imagine book to cover eventually and i think we're covering tangent comics sometime this year uh when when did i put on the calendar that we were doing Oh, nope. Apparently I did not put on what month we were going to be doing a tangent. Oh, no. It's sim- it's septangent. So in September.
1: I'm disappointed you don't remember that pun.
0: I've got so much stuff going on now. It's, it's scary. I've got to plan an entire fighting tournament, Andrew. The Exiles need to fight to the death.
1: But they'll never beat TN because he's the best Dragon Ball character, Luke.
0: Yeah, but they'll just get him to become demoralized when they kill Chow Tzu. And I'm just playing baseball.
1: Ah, uh, Dragon Ball. What if this was just a Dragon Ball episode instead, Luke?
0: Well, Son Goku is a small boy who's living in the mountains alone after his grandfather died. He believes that his grandfather's soul is preserved in the four-star Dragon Ball, a small spherical object that has four red stars in it. His entire life is flipped turned upside down when Volma, a blue-haired teenage girl, shows up one day using a dragon radar to try and find all of the Dragon Balls because it's believed that if you are able to collect all seven of them, you will get a wish from a magical dragon. They soon find, though, that they're not the only people looking to get the Dragon Balls, and this brings them into conflict and friendship with a number of colorful characters.
1: See, see isn't that better than Mark of Cain?
0: That was all at the top of my dome. I like Dragon Ball. Sure, there's some stuff that has not aged well, but, uh, yeah... Yeah, it's better than this. <sighs> so time passes. Xavier relates how Cain was his brother and how he'd ended up crippling Xavier until like one day they ran away and found sanctuary at the lighthouse. Until they were returned back because the woman wanted to reach out to their parents He claims that he wants to help Tommy, but Tommy refuses. Shortly after, Wanda comes in. It turns out she had released him on the first night from the cell, and she frees him again. He's able to reach Judd on the ship, and they start preparing for the next step because it turns out that Tommy is actually Robert somehow, and they're able to all reach the boat.
1: Oh, like, I I, I seem like he thought he was Robert.
0: (sighs) The comics are bad. These comics are bad. Read Dragon Ball instead. I believe there's currently a comics sale on them. Meanwhile, Cyclops has gone to the sanctuary that Xavier mentioned, a lighthouse owned by Moira McTaggart. She had been bribed by the boys previously to let her hide when they were younger, and sent them back when they didn't have enough money. They regroup as the ship that they are looking for, the Blackbird. You know, like the Plane that the X Men have comes into town, but uh, Judd and Logan have noted that Tommy has been acting different. And Robert, who really has an inc- who like has the scar inconsistently on his face, gets the X mark removed with the help of Doctor Cornelius. Do you remember who Doctor Cornelius is, Andrew? Is
1: he like the dude who made Wolverine Wolverine. Yep. Yay! I remember comics.
0: So Robert and Wanda plan to steal the gym for themselves, and he asks her to get some friends involved. That night, when the Blackbird comes in, Logan's group runs into the X-Men, who are also after the gym, and it devolves into a battle. Ultimately, Logan's men take out the X-Men, only for Cyclops to turn out to be a double-crosser, because he has always been working for Xavier. Meanwhile, on the dock, Wanda and Kim- it
1: is that what happened... I thought that yep. fight sequence was super confusing.
0: Oh yeah, no, it is not a well drawn fight sequence. It is unclear what is happening or who is winning. It it makes me value well drawn fight sequences. Yeah,
1: there's just there's so many like really confusing perspective turns as well.
0: I think you needed another person on the art to be like eh, this. This isn't clear, guys. What's going on here? especially when all the people are wearing suits and body and form are inconsistent. Like I'll, I'll enjoy a uh, Darwin cook Parker comic and that's all people in suits fighting. And like that dude knows how to draw that dude knew how to draw people in suits fighting and making it clear.
1: The lighting in this, it's like, it's super dark and you you cannot tell who anyone is.
0: And the artist does not understand how Shadow works.
1: So, like, does Colossus have a beard in this? No. Because, Like, I could genuinely not tell whether or not he has a beard or if it's just really weird lighting in every scene he's in.
0: <sighs> Comics. So, meanwhile, on the dock, Wanda and Kitty wait to backstab Tommy, only for a weird helicopter to show up. All the men get on board it, and Cyclops reveals that he's always been loyal to Xavier, and they fly to a giant warship held up by Dirigibles, the Carrier. The
1: Dirigicarrier? Like in, Durid- in, in any other yeah. comic, this would be my favorite thing ever. Because it's like a battleship held up by Dritchables.
0: It it's some stuff that doesn't fit with the inconsistent tone that they've been using yeah
1: here. yeah exactly it's like it's like a whole nother comic
0: mm-hmm you want to know what's really fun and also makes me look like an idiot aka the exiled classic
1: is it make me read bad comics
0: no no The first time I read this comic, I read the last issue first. And it made no sense. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Even, like, looking at it in context, it does not make sense.
1: Yeah, I feel feel like reading these in order doesn't help.
0: It's like a uh, book I used to get from the school library, where... Somehow there was a printing error and all the pages were out of order. And I enjoyed reading that because I wanted to always find out what happened. And the art was fantastic. And there was pigs and there were pirates. But I uh, yeah. But that was delightful and it was a book for children. And this is a book for adults and it is not delightful.
1: No, no, it is not.
0: So on board the ship are Xavier and Robert Kelly, a defender of the Genosha Bay uh, prison who greet them. Kelly was also interested in the gym. Xavier explains that they've been working for one, the office of national emergency. Kane was sent to get the gym for them, but uh, he didn't trust them. And he also wanted them to pay him more money. So they captured him. And when he tried to run away, he fell off the dirigible carrier and died. So he was not actually crushed by a juggernaut.
1: And that's the plot twist. That's the plot twist in your hard boiled murder mystery. The guy fell off a flying battleship.
0: Did you see that one coming, though?
1: No. Because, <laughs> cause, like, I'm sane. I can think like a logical person.
0: <laughs> it would be nice if they were like, how did they get here? Where do they come from? But it, they never really built up to that. Anyways, Xavier had been hired to train super soldiers and needed the gem so that the Prince of Madripoor could use it to control the local tribes. That way they could move the secret prison currently in Genosha Bay to Madripoor instead. That's when Robert reveals that the gem that Cyclops has was fake, and he jumps off the side of the dirigible carrier, leaving his friends behind. And Xavier reveals that he knows that Tommy thinks that he is Robert. So Tommy Robert bursts into Wanda's apartment and she says that the gym that they had Kitty steal was fake because it had a crack in it. And Robert Tommy attacks her, Kitty attacks him and ultimately he brings Kitty down. Tommy Robert reveals that the gym is actually just glass, which the professor who reveals that he is also in the apartment uh, knew the entire time. The professor really only cared about working with Tommy and studying his heroic tendencies or his heropathy instead of sociopathy, which does not work. That is not how these well, things work.
1: And I think what also bears pointing out, for someone who apparently has a compulsive desire to be a hero, Tommy's kind of a dick.
0: Yep. Xavier baited this whole trap to see how Tommy would react, and it turns out that Tommy was only pretending to be Robert and also he had the room filled with FBI members who heard Xavier's confession of the crimes and back and Genosha Wolverine and Judd are being moved into prison as Tommy is flying in to save him which raises a lot of questions that could be answered that really don't need to be which are mostly so does that mean Cyclops is still up on that dirigible carrier with Warren Kelly or with Robert Kelly With, yeah, Robert Kelly. I I guess. Yeah, he just, he disappears. Wait, are there two characters named Robert in this? There's Senator Robert Kelly and Tommy and Robert? Ugh, comics. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, also, also the thing (sighs) I think we need to point out. That while everyone's wearing a suit, Tommy is just straight up running around in spandex. Like, Mm -hmm. He's just a foreign superhero.
0: Did you know that I had people who were inspired by Tommy Holloway in Exiled? In the uh, New York disaster episode?
1: But I don't remember anyone whose face looked like a just big old ball of dough. (laughs)
0: Uh, there was uh, one of the groups who was called the Angels, and I couldn't remember who they were, uh, like, based off of during oh, the time. Oh, yeah. Like, like, if I, you look I, I remember it, all the different yeah.
1: gangs that the team just ran away from.
0: Yeah, that that arc was a mistake, so... Uh, after this we have Weapon X Noir which was a one shot that I have a feeling was supposed to be like a backup feature or something and then they decided not to yes, print it.
1: That would make sense because like which, the original had that Sentinels backup feature.
0: Oh I just got a text from my girlfriend that says fuck the New York disaster that's the arc that she is currently on.
1: That is, that is scarily well timed
0: Yes And also a Reasonable sentiment.
1: Well then, looks girlfriend, you have good taste.
0: I know she's attracted to me, so... No, she does. She does. I'm very happy. Uh, But yes, uh, X-Men... Shit. Weapon X Noir was written and drawn by Dennis Calera with letters by Clayton Cowles. And it's a weird backstory for Nightcrawler that nobody asked for because... All he did was speak in German and have a completely different personality yeah. than and he has in this story. A
1: dude who wears a mask for some reason and then fell off a boat.
0: And who was supposed to be a really good cat burglar. That's what a second story man means.
1: Oh, yeah. That That's also not a thing that comes up in this prequel.
0: Mm hmm. So there's a circus in Transia with Jermaine Cesardos, a.k.a. the Red Rose, and Kurt Wagner, the Demon, who are preparing to perform for Prince Wingard and his family. Wingard is attracted to Cesardos During the show, he takes the ringmaster's horn and gives this whole speech where he talks down the people who are in the circus. And after that the show resumes and they pull out the rose's embrace which is a trick that even Houdini wouldn't try kurt goes into the like box thing that he's supposed to escape from it's unclear what it is like a bad and meanwhile chair? The, the nasty chair meanwhile the prince is worried about being tied to someone known as weapon x during the trick the prince is shot and kurt is blamed and is taken away by the police. A American man pulls off his face, believes that Kurt is innocent, and decides that he wants to solve the mystery of Weapon X. So Kurt is being kept in a tower where he is tortured under the orders of Fenris until the mysterious man comes in, gets into a fight, and saves Kurt. The man is Rankin, an American spy, also known as Mimic, M-I-M-I-C, And Kurt reveals that he was already in tide, but he didn't think that he could take out the guards and the two of them escape out the side of the tower. They steal a carriage. We briefly see that Rankin's face is messed up. And when Fenris goes after them in a car, they collapse the bridge on him and somehow he's able to keep on going through. So they ride off and Rankin explains that he has been following the circus because every four years a political figure is killed by an assassin, believed to be Weapon X. He thinks that it is Jemaine Zardos, also known as Amanda Sefton. Kirk doesn't believe it. And Fenris reappears as they get closer to the carriage. Everyone stops for whatever reason and Fenris accuses Rankin of being a traitor and an American. Uh, And then Fenris gets shot. And then Kurt portrays Fenris. I, the art is really, really yeah, like, confusing here. I, I think like, like what is Fenris's going on?
1: boss shoots Fenris, but then Mimic shoots the boss. I, people get <sighs> I have shocked. no There's, there's idea. things that happen.
0: Yeah, basically the torture was staged. Kurt actually did kill the prince but this was a trap to draw out Rankin who they've referred to as Weapon X and the circus surrounds Rankin but Jemaine is disgusted by Kurt and what he's done so she shoves a torch into his face which disfigures it he shoots her and that's the end of it. It is
1: not a good comic! actually bollocks.
0: Yeah. Yeah! What was
1: any of that?
0: Comics are bad.
1: I mean, I for one love it when a prequel makes the character's appearance in a second story even more confusing than it already was. Because, like, how how did Kurt end up in the prison then? Because, like, isn't he working for the Nazis in this?
0: Uh, well, he's in Transia at the time and he's like a nationalist transient or whatever and so presumably he would be shipped off because he also has ties to the romani but, but, people but
1: that doesn't mean keep calling him a jerry
0: and he has which powers is
1: like a german
0: mimic doesn't give a shit the writer d- you keep thinking that this comic works on like logic
1: i know it doesn't What was it with Mimic's face? Why was it all janky?
0: I have no idea. What is up with anything? Comics are awful. You know what? Let's go to the question segment. So, Andrew. Yep. You wanted to know what other pictures you'd want to see for Marvel Noir characters. I did want
1: to know that. And luckily, since I knew that in advance, I have answers. Okay. Okay. Let's go. So, first of all, there was one I think you actually mentioned it on a, one of the earlier episodes as something that wouldn't work, but I think would. That's Captain America Noir. Cause like mm-hmm. I can kind of see the character as that like the uncorruptible one good cop in this rotten city kind of thing.
0: Is he like an Italian immigrant or something and That's why he's called Captain America, because his last name got gentrified or uh, got translated into America. See,
1: in my mind, he's more like kind of the celebrity cop. Like everyone knows him like as the one good guy. And so like he's kind of got Captain America as like a sarcastic nickname.
0: Hmm. I guess. I mean... I think a sarcastic nickname is a weirder thing to get to work in a noir universe, but okay, so that's your first pitch. What else you got?
1: Okay, I also have, and this is is the good one, goddamn Wonder Man Noir, Simon Williams living it up in 1930s Hollywood, but oh damn, he gets mixed up with the mob.
0: So sort of a Sunset Boulevard thing? Like, that's that's the thing that I end up uh, discussing in the other episode that's going up today. They should have just taken movie plots and wrapped superheroes around them because that would have been so much better.
1: Oh, hey, my computer's just yelled at me that we're going to start recording this in like five minutes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my phone and computer also both yelled at me. Thanks, Google Yeah. Phone.
1: Also, Joe, I realized today. What? Why the hell didn't Ed Brubaker write all these?
0: No idea. Maybe he was doing his Captain America run and didn't want other stuff at the time.
1: But, like, noir comics are entirely his jam. Like, he didn't even write any of these, which is weird.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, any other pitches, or just ending okay. with Captain and wonder, wonder, Man?
1: I don't know. If there was not so much a pitch as like what I'm surprised didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like I was totally expecting that to be like Invaders Noir or something.
0: But like, if you saw Wonder Man Noir, would you actually buy it?
1: I mean. If there was a picture of like Enchantress as glamorous nineteen thirties, like actress with the long cigarette holder, hell's yeah, I would.
0: So pretty much exiled Enchantress.
1: I'd, I'd be basically that crossed with Sunset Boulevard. I just want a Sunset Boulevard comic,
0: Luke. I think we all do. I think we all do. Well, uh, Andrew, thank you for sending in the question we've had to ask everybody and uh, let's let let the people know where they can find you
1: yep you can find me online at at awyoung1991 because all the good twitter handles were taken and also on the four panel podcast where we talk about comics and then like get five minutes into the episode and talk about everything else we do not stay on topic.
0: We call that bonus content here in Multiverse Q. And uh, you can find my normal co host or my official co host, Devin, on Twitter at Fredofett. That's F R E D D O F E T T. You can find me on Twitter at, at Coltreg. That's K O L T R E G or at LukeHair, L U K E H E R com. And now, Andrew, I've got another question for you. Oh, how exciting! You've been. Horn swoggled in to being a patreon backer can you talk about some of the benefits that you get if you sign up for the luke Hare patreon
1: oh geez it's um well you you get to come on and get harassed by luke into promoting things
0: no that's just because you've been on the podcast before and i know that you are able to speak knowledgeably about comics
1: yeah so uh If you follow Luke on Patreon, you get access to exclusive bonus content. You get episodes of Exile the week before they hit the bigger internets. That's that's how releases work,
0: isn't it? Pretty much.
1: And for ten dollars or more a month, you get special bonus figures that Luke's going to make. I've seen them. They're pretty cool looking.
0: Yeah, I am uh, currently talking to printers to see if it will send me into the poorhouse. I'm hoping it does not.
1: I hope it does not as well. But yeah, do that. Give him $10 a month. Get a figure of your favorite Exile character or Forge.
0: (laughs) Uh, Forge is going to be a Patreon exclusive.
1: I kind of want Forge now just so I can hate him every day.
0: I know. Well, I mean, yeah, that won't be too hard for you. Because, I mean, like once those get announced, you'll only need to like keep there for a month or two to get those figures sent out to you uh but yeah multiversal q is a weekly podcast uh going up also today we had a interview with shannon strucci our film buff friend and she and i talk about noir as a like film genre why it isn't necessarily a genre And a lot of other interesting stuff. If you want to hear us talk about movies, it is a good thing. And then going up on Wednesday, uh, we are doing Spider-Man Noir Eyes Without a Face. With uh, Devin getting back on, we're finally going to rank this. And uh, yeah, the week after that is Eminem Punisher. So that is going to be an episode full of surprises. Uh, and this next month is our birthday month, so if you want to do me a favor, please let other people know about the podcast, share some of your favorite episodes, let me know what your favorite episodes are, and leave some reviews on iTunes, or whatever other podcatcher you use.
1: And let Fred Van Lenti know that he needs to apologize to me personally for this.
0: You can send that in as a question on our Twitter, at MultiversalQ on the Twitter. Uh, That wraps us up for this week until then do you want to say the tagline
1: this one's for hank even though he's the worst x-man
0: he's not an it's it's hank pym
1: even though he's the worst everything
0: well, it's, it's from the one where he dies when he turned into Yellow Jacket, and then Wasp got really upset, and so she became a grungy, gritty anti-hero.
1: But why did she get upset?
0: She didn't know things could be better. And then she got to the point where she almost allowed Captain America to die because she was petty and jealous.
1: Damn Wasp.
0: That's not cool. This one's for Hank.